It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network with Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome. Just heard it right there to the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network as we bring you episode 79 of Lacrosse Classified. What's going on? My name's Jake Gilliatt. Evan Schemenauer is my podcast partner. He is in Saskatoon. I am in Port Coquitlam. We got a great, great program lined up for you here for EP79 as we will chat with the head coach and general manager of the Philadelphia Wings and Peterborough Lakers for that matter. Coach Paul Day will join us here back on Lax Class, uh, one of our favorite guests to chat to. We are going to have who you got. We got quick sticks. We're going to go under review, and we've got a special guest coming up as well. But before we get into that, Evan, how's it going back there in, in Saskatoon? How was your weekend? Uh, how, does, how did Tracy's Mother's Day go? How's everything going, man? Well, it was really cold, actually, this week. It dropped it. At one stage, we had about four inches of snow, although it melted within six hours. So a little strange. Um, But a little strange with Mother's Day, too, because we couldn't really just go to a restaurant like she normally likes to and go buy flowers. You know, I'm still doing the online shopping. I'm not bothering going to the stores. So literally what I had done was I had ordered a whole bunch of garden stone from from Rona and built her an improved flower bed. So that was her Mother's Day present. Oh, Sheminauer the gardener this weekend, I, I see. Oh, well done uh, to you. I had a, a little day away at the lake on Saturday. I didn't accomplish a whole Mother's Day is a little bit tough for me. I have my, my mom no longer with us, and uh, it always, you know, it's a little tougher of a day to get through for me. So I just kind of hit out on Sunday. I didn't do a whole lot, but uh, went out uh, to Blair's place on the weekend, spent a day on the water with Danny, which was great, and, and you know, kept her our physical distance we were about a group of five or six of us so pretty small and and you know stayed responsible i i saw some pictures coming out over the the weekend i mean it was a beautiful weekend here in bc and, and i and i know i keep mentioning this we're doing way better than a lot of other places as far as covid-19 goes in british columbia but I saw some some pictures, and I don't want to be a hypocrite here because I did kind of break the the chain a little bit. They've eased up restrictions here. I, I made my way out and, and hung out with a couple of friends. Like I said, stayed responsible. But these pictures I saw over the weekend, Evan, hundreds of people gathered together on beaches and riverbanks, and I, I just – I. I don't even know what to say about it, man. Like, how irresponsible can you be? I guess if you, you give people an inch, they're going to take a mile. But this this was next-level idiocy. Yeah, it, it, it's a strange vibe in Saskatchewan, too, because they just started to open up very basic things like uh, medical procedures and I think golf courses is next week. And then all of a sudden we hit three or four days of the most – of the highest confirmed cases that we've had here. Now, unfortunately, a lot of this is happening in the very far north with remote communities, and there it just spreads way too rapidly. But uh, we're doing okay. But both my employers right now are just like, 
just keep working from home. You're okay. Well, I know some more businesses are starting to open up. And I, and for the most part here in British Columbia, all the cases of, of coronavirus are attributed to, to long-term care facilities. So uh, I hope we don't go backwards here, but seeing those pictures just blew my mind uh, over the weekend. Anyways, be smart, people. I don't want to spend any more time on, on talking about coronavirus. we got a great program lined up. We're going to have who we had, one of our best who we had weeks ever, Evan, if not the best. But before we get to that, you heard the new intro right off the top, Lacrosse Classified on the lacrosse flash podcast network now and i don't know evan there i guess there's a multitude of reasons why we made this change but the biggest one for me is that the next guest we're about to have on is a friend of mine he's my peer i consider him a good friend and i love his work and what is happening at the lacrosse flash and i thought there is no better time to make the switch support him, help him support me, and and build this thing up even bigger and better than what it is already. And I couldn't be more happy to join forces with one Tyson Geich slash LW of the Lacrosse Flash. Tyson, are you there, my friend? I know you've been hanging on hold here for a minute or two. I'm here. I've been listening, and uh, thanks for the nice introduction. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure to have you, and and couldn't be happier to to kind of join forces here with uh, with you and Patty Gregoire and, and Chuck and uh, Teddy and and everybody, uh, Colleen, that does the work around the lacrosse flash and and kind of help continue to grow, which I think is the best box lacrosse NLL website on the planet right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got a wicked team on board working with the project and I've been really proud of what we've been able to do and it's all been, you know, kind of for fun and we've still been able to cover the league in a, in a professional way. And I think it looks great. And I'd like to, to just continue to take steps forward with the project and, you know, be one of the best box lacrosse coverage sites on the planet, like you said. Well, let's uh, let's get the particulars out of the way here right off the top then, Tyson. Uh, give out the handles on the Instagram, the, the Twitter, the website. Uh, I know we got uh, a merch store that people can hit up and, and buy stuff. We're going to get Laxcrass uh, merch happening in there as well. But uh, where, where can people find Lacrosse Flash? Yeah, absolutely. So across the board, it's just, you know, twitter.com slash lacrosse flash. Uh, you got facebook.com slash lacrosse flash. Instagram, same thing. A website, lacrosseflash.com. You can find the team store uh, there as well. And like you said, we're going to have uh, lax class products, if you will, available there as well. That's going to be something that's in the works. But um, I, I'm, you know, I'm excited about this partnership. I think it's uh, something that's kind of overdue and like you said we're peers we've worked together for a while and just getting the, the best lacrosse minds out there and box lacrosse minds really on board with this project we're just going to get bigger and stronger and I think the NLL used the term or the, the slogan throughout this whole COVID-19 situation we've been dealing with but stronger together and that's what I feel about our lacrosse flash project really if we're all able to to get on board and work together and promote one another and be there for for each other and be sharing ideas we're just going to be bigger and stronger and get this game the attention that it really deserves well and the one thing jake missed in the introduction is borelli winner tyson guys. oh yes of course uh, yes um, and of course, really, the Borelli comes out of the lacrosse flash concept. So, maybe for the listeners that 
aren't so familiar with the lacrosse flash concept, take them through it. Yeah. So, I mean, it all started, I was a kind of on lacrosse hiatus and, you know, the, the game has kind of won with me and I, I couldn't leave it behind. So this all started about a year and a half ago. Uh, I decided that I wanted to get everyone together and, and start covering the NLL specifically. And we just had so many great lacrosse minds that kind of needed a platform and a voice. So I wanted to, to bring everyone together and kind of provide that with my production skills. And I was able to do that in our first year and uh, was approached by Joel Feld to kind of rejoin the NLL for that one season at least and did some uh, some solid work for the league, I think. And uh, it was just great to, to bring everyone together once again. And, you know, we've got our kind of lacrosse Illuminati group. There you go. And that's, that's kind of what started that, I want to say, is we just spoke on a pretty much daily basis. I don't think there's a group chat in my phone that's popping off more than that one. So it was really cool how the project brought everyone together, uh, covering lacrosse in a great way. Um, you know, I got Pat Gregoire and Austin Owens involved with the project, and Austin's been killing Oh, I forgot to give Audi a shout-out. My bad to the big, big yeah, Audi. Uh, yeah. he's, he's doing up a new logo for Lax Glass that's going to be something fierce. So I've I got to make sure we get Austin's name in there as well. No, this kid is honestly one of the, the best and brightest coming up um in sports he works so hard and, and he's so dedicated to it uh he puts in so much time and effort and i can't say enough good things about that kid um I, you know i'm I'm really happy I, I reached out to him and sent him a message uh getting him involved last year so yeah the, the work that we've been able to do has been pretty cool to start um i'd like to devote more time and effort into it to be honest and we launched uh strip this year as well i got colton clark my roommate involved with that and um a lot of the guys across the league were really receptive with that project um and yeah it's like i said it's been a lot of fun i just want to stay involved with the game of lacrosse and you know the the nll and box lacrosse really doesn't get the attention that it that it deserves and that's kind of our job i think we've we've got to continue to put it on the map and uh you know I'm, i'm proud to say that uh we've got this thing heading in the right direction and uh adding you guys under our umbrella is is a big part of that well i appreciate that and 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 you you keep you kept mentioning it tyson i think that was one of the most important things to me and as great as our relationship was with lacrosse all-stars and and nothing against those guys but they are predominantly field lacrosse website and i just didn't feel that same connection that i feel with lacrosse flash because you're predominantly box lacrosse in nll and that's really what i'm all about and really what this podcast is all about and and box lacrosse that's where that's that's our meal ticket right there so that's that's a major reason that is the focus on the flash is box lacrosse yeah, the entertainment value that box across provides, it's incredible. And I've been watching it, you know, almost all my life, um, growing up just outside of Toronto, really watching the rock as I grew up and, and it's, it's awesome. And I think, you know, fans were, were really into it in the, the late nineties and early two thousands that kind of dropped off a little bit and we're starting to see it pick up a little bit more now, but I think that a big digital presence and really communicating information with fans and being readily available is really important. Um, and for us, as people covering the game as, as journalists, we just need to really start to tap into things with you know injuries and player updates and all that. We have to. I talked about this on Off the Crossbar with Teddy um, not too long ago. I think it was before the start of this current season. But I said, you know, maybe gambling is going to be 
the, the big help or, or maybe it's fantasy with lacrosse because we need people to come back and be craving lacrosse information. And uh, we haven't really seen that yet. So I'm going to be interested to see the next steps, but hopefully we kind of have our fingers on the pulse and we're ready to jump at that uh, whenever it does come. And of course, going into the future, what's the new things we can expect from the lacrosse flash? Well, I think just, you know, great video production. That's my forte. So I like to continue to provide that. But um, where I talked about Austin and where he's been so great and, uh, and Pat Gregoire has helped out with this as well, but just providing those kind of player updates. So, you know, players to watch or maybe after a weekend quick, uh, I guess, professional looking graphics that we put up after a weekend or leading up to a weekend that really updates the the casual fan in a quick way. Like they're scrolling along and, um, you know, you can see how many goals Austin Stoss has had in his past five games or something. We, we provide that information quickly when you're scrolling through Instagram. And, um, you know, that's, that's a big part of, of what we're going to do. People don't have a lot of time to sit around and, you know, consume a 10 minute video or a 20 minute video anymore. They want things in a flash and uh, hopefully we're able to provide that. Things in a flash. I see what you did there, Tyson LW. I, Hey, listen, now while we're on the subject, uh, I forgot to ask you this last time. You said maybe next time you come on the podcast, here we are, Tyson, now a member of the family. I think you owe this to the listeners here. What the hell does LW stand for? All right. I, I did promise that, didn't I? You did. All right. It's Leslie William, my middle names. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, love it. I, I thought it was going to be something totally off the board. Leslie Williams, Tyson LW. Okay. Yeah. So so there's been about 10, uh, maybe just over 10 years of that. I, I came on Twitter when I first signed up in like 2010, I want to say, maybe 2009. And uh, all the other handles were taken. So I was like, what could I go with? And just kind of became my brand. And when I took a job on the radio about a year and a half ago, uh, that's what I went by. So that's that's kind of my radio name, but it's just been my, my online brand as well. You're so big time. You got an online brand, radio name. Listen to you. Uh, pretty fantastic stuff here. As we speak with Tyson Geick slash L. Leslie Williams. You know, Secrets out. Yeah, we... <laughs> We know, we know, the people now know. Uh, you may not know, but we are going to do next after our greatest box lacrosse team of all time, the toughest lacrosse fighter of all time. I just asked Coach Day this. Uh, well, I'm going to ask him about this, but you tell me uh, for, through your era, toughest uh, three lacrosse players you've ever seen. Toughest three that I've ever seen. Best fighters. Uh, best, Not even toughest, best fighters you've ever seen. Man, okay, so Andrew Suter's got to be at the top of my list. Okay. That. That's easy. I played against the kid. Um, you know, he's, what, like 5'9", 170, and he's going toe-to-toe with the toughest guys out there, the tallest guys out there, and holding his own. Um, you know, Suits is a buddy of mine. He's a great guy off the floor, but on the floor, he's, he's, he's scary. Number two, I, I mean, I would probably say Jeff Snyder. Um, you know, he's... If you think about top guys in lacrosse, he's he's got to be one that comes to mind. Oh man! And then, yeah, this is this is difficult. But another guy that uh, I was lucky enough to play against, and then I learned from a little bit when I was in the U.S. is Rory Smith. Okay. And uh, I got to watch Suits and Rory play against each other back in the day 
And holy smoke, these guys would go toe-to-toe in the bunny barn, and it was unreal. Not a fan would be in their seats, and these guys would be beating up on each other. And you're like, when is one of them going to drop? And it didn't happen. And the respect that they had for each other, I couldn't keep my cool in a fight like that. But they'd, like, tap each other on the back after the fights. and Yeah. I mean, they put on a show. All and, three um, guys yeah. are on the list. All three of those guys you just named are on the list, plus a bunch of others. We'll look forward to, to getting in that. Mm-hmm. Evan, you got anything else you want to get off? Uh... I got I got to ask this because this was supposed to be the summer of tarps off with you and Jumbo. Oh, and now yeah. I'm hearing that you're going tarps on. Like, do you own a shirt? <laughs> All right. Well, I'll say this. I was at Cultus Lake just yesterday, and the tarp was off. <laughs> But I, I got I got the the COVID uh, fifteen, if you want to call it that. Oh. I think I put that on. So I've got some work to do. I just got some dumbbells that um, we've added to the I don't know kind of collection here in the apartment. Colt's working out in front of me right now. Okay. But, uh, okay. Yeah. That that that'll it's help. Not easy, the, the off, so. It's not easy, man. It's not easy. No, you know, it's I really not. I can't think about where I would be if if I still had access to a gym here in May. I just I've been happy just to kind of maintain here over this last few months. I'll be happy if I don't gain anything by the time that I'm actually able to get back into a gym here so i don't i got until december 31st to go tarps off in in public i i might have to blame covid here i went private tarps off this weekend i had the spf 60 out in full force Uh, i'm not a tanner but uh i don't know if i'm gonna get there publicly by by december depending on how long this lasts here well you got the crunch that's what super close to you. You're able to work out there. That's yeah. gotta be, yeah. that's, that's a big bonus. I've been going on lots of runs around here and you just can, you can only do that for so long. Oh, right? Yeah. I need, I get, I get bored with the pushups and sit-ups, so I need to get back at it here, but my diet's the first thing that I've got to kick right. back into uh, action. Okay, I agree. Uh, keep an eye out for Versus, which is starting to heat up at the flash. Uh, those goals of the year uh, being being bandied about. I always enjoy those votes, and happy to join you. Thanks for the intro, by the way. That thing was awesome. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you, you thought of me to kind of help produce that for you, and uh, once again, you know, I'm really pumped to have you guys on board with this. It, it just, it makes sense. And I know we're going to do some great work together and provide lacrosse fans and lacrosse faithful with the information that they deserve. And we're just going to put this game on the map together. No doubt about it, my friend. Uh, we shall chat soon. That was Tyson Leslie Williams Geik right there, Evan Sherman, oh. the founder of Lacrosse Flash. <laughs> and you know, yeah, a very good friend for several years, I don't know what, three, four years now. And uh yeah, we've been in constant contact, so there's just a natural move to make this uh transition and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. And and I'll tell you something about Tyson. I don't know how long I've known Tyson. It's been um I would say the better part of a decade. Like I watched him out here in twenty ten play in the Minto Cup. I didn't know him then, but met met him shortly thereafter when I was working with the swarm and I was I was moving through the track and uh if there's one thing I know about Tyson is that this guy works his butt off to get everything that he has gotten in his life and gotten to where he is in his life. He goes after things harder and more fiercely than than any other guy I know in the business. And that's why I know this is going to be successful because this guy's behind it. And when he puts his mind to something, he doesn't fail. So 
I, I'm excited. I know he is. I hope the listeners are as well. We should probably preface this, Evan. Like, if you're if you're listening to this, obviously you found us this week. We're in a bit of a transition phase here. We are hoping that nobody is going to have to resubscribe to the podcast. That possibility is out there. We're hoping it doesn't come to that. Uh, we got to kind of figure things out here in the next uh, couple of days, hopefully sooner than later, and and hopefully nobody has to do anything. It just continues on, but uh, there is the offside chance. You may have to re-hit that to go through that yeoman's work of pressing subscribe on your phone screen once again. All right, not quite done. Good chat there with Tyson. Now, not quite done here on quarter number one of episode 79, Evan. We got to get into Stampede Tax, who we had. And I mentioned this last week, Evan. Stampede Tack right now until May 15th offering you 20% off at Stampede Tack and Westernware when you use the promo code online. Shopping online, it's still shopping local. Promo code LAXCLASS20, 20% off your order as a way to say thank you. Exclusive to lacrosse classified listeners only. Stampede.ca where shopping online is still shopping local. Uh, I read... <laughs> I read a little story on Facebook tonight. Former assistant coach of the Maple Ridge Boards, Rob Dezel, said, started off his post with, I'm in the hospital, and went on to tell this story how he'd fallen off a horse, his foot got caught in the saddle, couldn't get out of it. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, like, what is... And then he says, yeah, you know, the, the, the staff at Safeway came out. They wouldn't let me ride the duck or the elephant after that. So... Big joke here, <laughs> but I guess Kevin from Stampede, as did I, saw this, you know, this this post about horses, and he. So I said, Kev, I said, if he got a, he got the saddle from Stampede Tack and Westernware, there's no way he's falling off that horse. He said, that's right. Once you once you get Stampede saddle, you're in there for the complete ride, which uh, just kind of made me think about that talking about Stampede Tack and Westernware. But Dalzell, he got he looped me, he got me right in with that story. I thought, oh my god, and then got to the bottom and. It was all a joke, Kevin. Thank goodness for that. Uh, the Dazzler is just fine. Uh, who we had, long quarter here. Who we had, Evan, and man, oh, man. 2000s, 2010 bracket, and this thing came down to the bitter end in both matchups here. We'll save the, the big one for, for last year, but Coquitlam, the 2001 Adnax there, of course, led by Andy Ogilvie, Pat Coyle, Dallas Selyuk, Winning in Game Seven over those Excelsiors at the PNE, they 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 were in the lead for the most of the week here. But Toronto shows up late, just as they did, Evan. As I segue beautifully in year two thousand with Caleb Toth winning at the last second there at Maple Leaf Gardens. Rock get past the Adnax here with 171 votes, 53%, 54%. The Rock move in to the final four. Yeah, until about two days left, it was Coquitlam. So the Rock fans showed up. Um, you know, and here's the crazy thing. We got Paul Day coming on in a bit here. Mm-hmm. He lost that 2000. Think about, think, yeah, he lost that game. Think about it. He was one shot away from being in the final four here. Tough break. Tough break. Well, he could have made the final four in the other game as well. 
But that didn't happen. But my goodness, Evan, did the fans turn out to vote for this matchup here? You thought 171. Okay, that's pretty. 653 votes were cast here for the 2016 rush against the 2018 Peterborough Lakers. What a debate this was. This was deadlocked at 50-50 day after day after day. But in the end, Evan, the 2016 Saskatchewan Rush Nation gets it done as they beat the Lakers here late in the week, 52% the winning tally. Just to give you a sense, like it was almost exhausting because – the rush actually, I think, within the first 10 minutes were 75-25. And then the Lakers retweeted this thing, and it went right back to 50-50. The, the head of the rush fan club, <laughs> God bless him, he, I think he retweeted this thing oh, man. at least 30 times. And what actually put it over the top was he convinced other game day staff yeah. were fairly... Amanda Ruler, Mikey McGuire, DJ Anchor was in there. I don't know if Ricky Forbes, he's got like 200,000 followers. I don't know if he retweeted, but anyways. But but that's really what put it over the top of these people came in. Then the Rush also retweeted it, but the Lakers were retweeting it twice a day. And the thing was, like, when we're talking 50-50, 540 votes in, it was 270 to 270. (laughs) (laughs) it was it was crazy to watch this it's like okay the rush are up three no lakers are up two and like even a seven vote difference was like a big one in this whole thing well that's that's what we wanted to go that's what we wanted right but also give you a concept like 170 votes is even kind of on high and most of these had about 100 to 150 yeah the one matchup last week i think had 250 uh, with the durham region battle but 653. <laughs> it was just absolutely crazy. Off the charts, man. Well done to everybody who voted. And now we are down to the final four. Evan, we'll have that in quarter four of who you got here. But uh, just to give you a quick synopsis, Green Gales will take on the 95 Chiefs. 2000 Rock taking on the 2016 Saskatchewan Rush, that is your final four of the greatest box across team of all time tournament. And uh, we'll put it up for vote. Who is going to get into the final coming up in quarter four? We are moving to quarter two next, however, and it's the general manager and head coach of the Philadelphia Wings. Paul Day joins us next year on Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Pure Vital Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. This is Christian Del Bianco from the Calgary Roughnecks. You're listening to Lacrosse Fox 5. Growing the game, one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. It's Jake Elliott. It's Evan Schemenauer. It's episode number 79 in progress. And now joined, well, he's hanging out in Grimsby, Ontario, but he is the head coach and general manager of the Philadelphia Wings down there in the city of brotherly love. Coach Day, back on the podcast. Paul, how are you? 
I'm well. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a few months, probably since the fall or December. I can't remember. Yeah, too long is the answer. Whatever, however long it's been. Um, let's let's start with you and, and your family, Coach. Uh, how are things in, in Grinsby? I know you got hit a little harder in Ontario than we did here in BC or, or Saskatchewan, but everybody's staying he- healthy and, and safe during this time. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, my wife is a, a police surgeon with Niagara Police, so she's had a a few times where she's actually had to stay at home and we're actually waiting for a test result for her. She, I mean, she feels healthy, but, uh, you know, if you get exposed at work to it. Um, so, but no, good. Everybody's good and uh, lots of family time, lots of, just like everybody else, uh, you know, lots of uh, downtime at home, but uh, it's a good time to learn. So we might as well get into it. We had this conversation. You on knew Twitter. Evan uh, was just going to go straight for the jugular, <laughs> right off the no <laughs> niceties, no how are you doing, just right into it. <laughs> yeah, don't you, worry. Know, yeah, you know go. what? I mean, this is really picking between 1A and 1B, right? And these are the two, potentially the two greatest teams of all time, the 2016 Rush and the 2018 Lakers. And... I stated, I think, in the opening that this is going to be a one-goal game. <laughs> it, it's that tight. Yeah. And, you know, when you kind of look at it, I, in my opinion, that Rush D was probably the best defense ever assembled. You've got the better goaltending. You've got, probably got, got an edge on the offense. Uh, on face-offs, mm-hmm. you got a massive advantage. So, so give it to me. Why, is the, or why are the Lakers – the better of the two teams. Because <laughs> I ran them. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what? It's, uh, I think the teams are so close, to be honest with you. I'm with you on the, the exact you know, thoughts of yours. It's just we had the same goalie as uh, the Russian Kirky, and then you add Matt Vince to it, and I think that's the difference. Depending, I guess, if you're playing a seven-game series or two out of three. But, yeah, great teams. Um you know, I tell you what, I when we started in Philly, we spent a lot of times using a lot of time breaking down, you know, we're a brand new team last year. We don't have film of ourselves, so and we have not a lot of new type of guys to the team, so uh and to the game of box across and Rambo and Baptiste yeah. and uh, Isaiah Davis Allen, a lot of guys. So the video we watched was Saskatoon. That was I broke that down, you know, A to Z because that's how everybody should play. So Right. Yeah, I know a lot of respect for both. Uh, yeah, that would would have been a great – if we could have played them in a seven-game series, that would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm sure Coach Keenan will be thrilled to hear that you've broken down <laughs> his team from A to Z to to kind of school your guys. Um, yeah, hey, listen. Yeah, no, up, I mean, I'm, no, you, em- you emulate, right? Like, everybody learns from each other in this league. No, there's no real oh, secrets yeah. out there. Hey, I'm a Peterborough guy, and I've got some favorite players growing up. I'm 51. So I played with Derek uh, in Canada, and I played with him in Buffalo. So, but growing up, so I think I'm about seven or eight years younger than him, maybe, maybe a little six years. But when I was <laughs> younger, that's like, what we know. When I was a Bantam, if I was in Pee Wee and Bantam, and he was playing in Brooklyn or playing Whippy, he was my favorite player. Him and uh, Bobby Watson and Peter were my two favorite players, like two of my favorite. But so then I got to play with them too. So I mean. And we coached 
we coached together a few times. Well, too, he, he can't he can't lose now because he's in he's he's on the coaching staff of the 2000 Rock. I know that's a bit of a, a soft spot for you. You actually just watched that game. Why I'm not so sure, but uh, so he's he's got he's on the he's on the bench for for both teams here going into the final four. He's he's going to the final regardless. Yeah, that's good. No, I mean I'm uh, I'm a big fan of Derek's and uh, learned a lot from him and. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, they had a really good team. Obviously, still have a great team. You know, probably they were the best team we saw this this uh, past winter for sure. Yeah. Well, listen, you've you've been around a lot of great teams and championship teams in summer lacrosse and the National Lacrosse League. Do you have? Can you put Can you put your finger on on what you think was the best team you've ever coached, or maybe your favorite year of coaching? Ooh. Um, oh God, that's really, really hard. I mean, I think, you know, obviously I'm kind of lucky enough to be in Rochester for three and then with the Lakers for three. So, um, the Rochester group was so funny. The year one, we, you know, we had Pat McCready, Ryan Cousins, and we get about four or five guys retire after that season. It was just one year with us in Rochester retired. And then we switched 10 different guys into the next year. Yeah. And our records records weren't great. But then year three, uh, we played Calgary. And that, that was a pretty special year, I think. Uh, I think we had a really good season. I think we were 12 and four or something like that. And then had some really exciting games against Buffalo. I think we won a double overtime to get to the Eastern final. And then we won in the mini game uh, against Calgary. Yeah in the finals and we were down two nothing. So that was pretty good. And then obviously, you know, I hadn't been in Peterborough a long time. So going back, I didn't play senior there, but going back, uh, in 2015 to, to be the GM there and, you know, being able to, you know, we lost in 15 and 16, we're up three, nothing on six nations. And that was a good learning experience for us. We lost in game seven to six nations. We were a real young team and, you know, it's, you learn so much more from losing, I think, than you win than you do from winning. I think that everybody who's in sports knows those obstacles are really what makes you better. And uh, you know, after the sixteen season, winning in New West, one of my favorite places mm. on the wood floor. I mean, when I played in the WLA, I was my favorite rink out there. And to win a man, my first man cup in New West, that would be my favorite. 2017 teams. Uh, that was that was really special. Hang on a second before Evan gets in here. I didn't even know you played in the WLA. Who did you play for? When did you play? How many years did you play? So I played 1990. I was a rookie coming out of Peterborough. We were just uh, had really good teams in Peterborough. We won three Minnow Cups there. Seems to go in threes, which has been good for us. Um, then I went to Vancouver, worked at Stanley Park, Gardner, played for the Brards. I think the rookies on the team were pretty good guy named John Tavares. Right, I was going to uh, say, yeah. Myself, uh, Jeff Chalice, uh, Dan T, Dan, sorry, Dan Stroop. And he made it uh, to the man in 90, did you not? Yeah, we were a crazy young team. And uh, we had Randy Jones, Todd Katanchuk, oh. uh, <laughs> oh. um, Dwight Metke. So it was like all a, the yeah. old birds, and yeah. then they brought us all young guys in and uh yeah i mean and i got hired by the police right after the man cup so i never came back out but uh great experience unbelievable league and we played new west i was all the people guys always went to new west and i was going to go to new west and uh, i was on the phone the one time with uh casey cook and i just 
he had said, well, what are you going to go to Burrard's for? You're not going to win there. <laughs> and uh, as soon as he said that, I thought, okay. I'll show you. Really? I'll show you. All right. Well, I think I might go to – and I just said, hey, listen, I, they got me a place to stay, a job, and, uh, you know, a return ticket for me and my girlfriend at the time. And uh, he said, well, we'll give you a one-way ticket. <laughs> we'll try and get you a job. It was kind of like – and I'm yeah. like, well, just do what they do. I'll come play for you. And he's like, hey, why would you go there? You're, you're not going to win. He said that. I was like, okay. Yeah. And I knew a couple other guys were from Ontario were going there. And I said, okay, I'm going to go with the Birds. And to Bob be, Perry, to be fair, they, they did win the Man Cup in 1991, their their last uh, yes. Man Cup championship. They did. Do you know uh, Bob Perry ran the Birds at the time and uh, Wally Donaldson and great people. So that yeah. was a great experience. I loved every minute of it. Fair enough. So, I mean, what are we hearing at this stage for the MSL? Are we going to have a season? Or is it going to be a reduced season? Is Or is it just really by ear at this stage? Yeah, I think we're just kind of like everybody else. We're just, you know, kind of waiting and hoping and kind of pretty flexible, obviously, flute situation. And we're, I mean, I think we can, we could start in July. I mean, it's obviously going to be up to the, the you know, the health uh, the doctors and then the medical health in Ontario and the premier. And I think uh, just saw in the news today that he's hoping to have a kind of maintain that state of emergency till June the 2nd to keep people from social distancing. I mean, I think we're, it's unique that we got lots of, we have time, but I think the WLA and the CLA and OLA are all meeting, I think virtually this week on phone. So we may know more, but I think we're just in a, uh, hurry up and wait right now. Yeah, and that that's the toughest part is you just you don't like if there was a finish line, I think everybody would be okay, but not knowing where that line is 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 the tough part. As we speak with the head coach and general manager of the Philadelphia Wings, Paul Day, and let's talk a little bit about your Philly Wings there, Paul, and, and a much better season or half a season than than your inaugural one. And and you mentioned a couple of the guys in Rambo and Isaiah Davis Allen. I would uh Say these guys really took a step forward this year. Blaze Reardon, another guy, Trevor Baptiste, of course. These guys are, are starting to become uh, rock stars there in Philly, and they really have seen to soak up everything that they learned in that first year and used it going into year number two, and really were just starting to hit their stride. Is there anybody else that I might have missed that kind of jumped off the page at you this season? Well, I think, you know, for us, uh, we're lucky too this summer with the World Championships to have them continue developing with the U.S. team. The fall, spent a lot of time together with other, you know, with Tom Schreiber's of the world and, and continuing that learning progress really helped us. Um, you know, I think you can look at the PLL too with, uh, it's maybe a high tempo game that, 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 um, I guess that, you know, that, momentum in their lacrosse game continued definitely um you know in the summertime it carried over us and you know we were one of the teams that finished we didn't get to start the season till week three but it gave us a little extra time to practice and uh you know obviously year one there was no training camp so i, I think uh you know the addition of zach higgins and uh ian lord and Corey vitarelli and some other veteran guys really got to fill some some, uh, you know, fill some spots as veterans and really took a little pressure off some of our players. But yeah, yeah we, we'd almost, we finished a lot. We, we only had one road game left. We were finally going to be at home, uh, the rest of the season. So 
plus we had had all our we had three back to backs this season we had completed those as well uh by the first week of march so the hardest part of our schedule was done we were uh, looking forward to get home and of course you mentioned one of the names zach Higgins, who's finally given you some surety and goal but i think the other name out there is brett hickey who you were missing most of last season and when you're losing those one goal games and missing him that probably was the difference between your eight and six record this year and your four and 14 the year before yeah and yeah for absolutely and uh you know defensively you look at the goals against per game you know, per teams in the NL, we're right there with everybody. Like we're a point, you know, point three away from the top in the league. Um, and you know, Brett Hickey's five game-winning goals this year for us. That's that's a career for most guys in the NL. So obviously, pretty important for us. Uh, ultra competitive. That guy, he just competes, practice game, competes, and uh, you know, sometimes you got to kind of hold him back a little bit because he gets so fired up, but. Uh, been a great leader and we got a good group. I mean, we, you know, we, Hey, we, we were pretty confident, uh, our last game of the year, obviously we lost nine, seven Saturday night, uh, to New England. Then went into Georgia the next afternoon. We're down like six, seven, one and came back and beat a pretty good team in Georgia. So we were a pretty good, confident group, uh, going into our homestand, you know, the rest of the season. So, and we were pretty excited to, to finish off at home. And the other noticeable difference, I think, this year was fitness. We saw some issues last year where either the team wasn't in it for the first five minutes or the fourth quarter you struggled. What was the difference, I guess? Was there a different training regimen given to the players this year that that had drastically improved that? I think part of it, too, like fourth quarter this year was our best quarter, you know, of all of our quarters. I think uh, the first... We lost by a little bit, but uh, uh, our fitness was definitely up there. I think that came with part of it is experience. You know what to do. Uh, you're not panicking. You know, it's your 12th game of box across ever, and you got the ball in your stick with, you know, two minutes left. <laughs> that can be a problem. So I think experience was a big part of it um, and getting a little bit longer of training camp. Um, you know, when I was at the Man Cup in – this summer in Victoria was over a little earlier. So I went and watched some of the, the Vancouver Canucks training camp and I kind of picked up a few of the things that they were doing in between drills, um, you know, sort of anaerobic things in between drills and we put them into training camp the whole time. So that, that burn fitness thing that Travis green was doing with the Canucks, I kind of threw it into our training camp and then uh, our trainer that we have this year with the team, same as last year, but again, uh, guys didn't get a lot of time with them last year, being the first year together. Um, you know, the veterans like Kevin Crowley, Kyle Matisse, they've taken PJ, our personal trainer, our Inspirit trainer, who's actually Mike Trout's personal trainer from Philadelphia. And they've basically had competitions all year in fitness between the players. So we had a couple of bye weeks that were double like everybody else in the league. And we would use those two weeks to, to have a fitness competition against players. Interesting. Interesting. Do you prefer being a head coach or being a GM? <laughs> uh, I enjoy both of them. Uh, you know, it's funny. I started coaching. I think I was 26 my first year in Rochester, maybe 25 years ago, just because at the time there was only so many work pieces to go around here. You know, you're allowed six Canadian players in Rochester. Well, the next best thing you could do is 
coach. So um, I thought maybe I'd coach till I was about 40, 45 in the league. And then, you know, you just, I really enjoy it. So, um, you know, this time off I've spent, um, you know, obviously a lot of video, everybody would do a lot of video, but I think the biggest thing I've spent on this time off is more GM stuff. So looking at the NBA, sorry, the NFL and HL, kind of their tools that they use for draft pick valuations, um, trades, and, you know, let's say you take the 29th pick in the draft the last five to 10 years. Well, how many games has that guy played in the NLL? Yeah. How important is that pick? So they both use, they use different formulas, but I've tried to kind of really look at our drafts and really try to learn as much as I can as a GM right now to make sure we're, you know, maybe a little better prepared at the draft. And if I can steal from any sport, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I spent this time listening to so many podcasts, uh, a lot of NHL hockey coaches, football coaches, and learn as much as possible but i really enjoy doing both to be honest with you Jake. yeah all right uh fair enough i knew you were gonna go down the middle on that one anyways i uh, just wanted to see if i could get a response out of you um last one here for you and i don't know if uh you, you tuned into this podcast last week or not if you didn't shame on you but uh after we're done the greatest box lacrosse tourney of all time we are gonna do the best lacrosse fighter of all time paul day i don't know what kind of player you were back in your day but i want you to give me from your era your top three fight toughest fighters you've ever seen in the game uh my junior a captain in 86 andy ogilvy okay i i know him intimately um my captain with the vancouver birds terry oyam okay rick mang made sure that he was on the list very those two guys were very, very similar players and, I mean, crazy tough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it could play and just never, you know, they were, I don't want to say, you know, they were gentlemen too. Like they just played the game and they played the game right, the two of them. Um, and I guess Scotty McMichael who I played with for one year. Okay. Also on the list is Psycho McMichael. All right, uh, Coach, nicely done here once again on Lax Class, man. Uh, appreciate the time. Be safe, be well, and we'll look forward to, to crossing paths when, when NLL season fires back up. Or who knows, maybe Man Cup even, uh, should your Lakers get to a, what is it now, four, five straight now if, uh, if you make it there? Before if we could get there. Okay. Be great. Okay. Well, thanks. I really appreciate you guys having me on and everything you do for the game. You do a lot, so I appreciate that. Our pleasure. Thank you uh, for, for coming on. We will talk soon. That was the head coach and general manager of the Philadelphia Wings, the Peterborough Lakers, of course, as well, Evan. And I know uh, one of your favorite guys to chat with, as he is mine. Yeah, and, you know, when we talked to him earlier, it was this is a is not a race. It's a It's a process, right? And we saw in year two that the Wings, who didn't have the greatest season in year one, won the process over the Seals. So it was it would took a while, but it's now starting to come together. There you go. That was a good quick 20 minutes there with Coach Day. We got to take a break. And coming back on the other side, it's time to play some Who You Got, presented by Stampede Tack and Western, where episode 79 rolls on right after this. 
A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is Rylan Reese of the Burnaby Lakers. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. I'm the game one podcast at a time. Lacrosse fans, we are back into quarter number three. We go here in quarter number. Oh, by the way, thank you to the Vancouver Warriors for their continued support here on the podcast. Nothing's offside at the Vancouver Warriors. We're hoping to get you some uh, some new season ticket pricing, maybe a couple of promotions around the corner for 21 or 2021 Warriors season down there at Rogers Arena. Keep up to date with all things Warriors at NLL Warriors, Twitter and Instagram or VancouverWarriors.com. Nothing's offside. And they got the phone number there as well, Evan, if you like that direct approach. 604-899-4625, option one. And uh, hopefully my man Chad is still down there at the Raj and and, and slanging tickets uh, for Warrior season next year. But we're hoping to get uh, some updated pricing coming up in short order here for the NLL Warriors. Back with quarter three. Sorry, Evan. But you can actually go onto the website. Mm. And sign up, and they will have your information the second that that's released. Oh, yeah, get yeah, and they'll res- I'm sure they'll get a response there quickly as well. I was looking at that. Uh, so good point there, Evan. Quarter 3, Episode 79. Thanks for joining us here. Great conversation there with Coach Day. Uh, always a candid conversation with Coach Day. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he's a Peterborough boy. He loves his Lakers, and, you know, he, he, was, he, was, he, he, was, he was anxious about that. Mm. And it, it's a 1A, 1B. Those two teams, it would have been a one-goal game, I think, had they played, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I, I think we could have that debate for, for a long time to come uh what do you want to do Evan you want to go quick sticks first why don't we do that let's get into quick sticks and then we shall go under review quick sticks not many this week and a couple of news and notes uh worthy things I should say coming out just today as uh Mr. John Grant Jr. Evan, I'm not sure if you've heard of him before. John Grant Jr., now the offensive coordinator at Johns Hopkins University. Talk about a massive land. You know, with Petromala leaving, you know, there was a bit of a void there, and now they've got two big dang coaches coming there. Here's the key to this, and that is Jeff Teat still has not announced his intentions. Mm-hmm. His coach from Cornell is headed to Hopkins. Mm-hmm. If he has the opportunity to play for him and play with Junior, this has now become a lot more enticing 
for T to transfer to Hopkins and do his masters there right. and avoid the NLL draft this year. Play for Junior, not so much with Junior. Although I think Junior could probably still be pretty effective out there on the field at the college level. Um, but yeah, he goes from Air Force to Johns Hopkins University, and I think pretty much every top level recruit, whether it be in USA or Canada now. Like, Johns Hopkins was already a huge draw, but now you put Grant there coaching the offense. Like, how do you decide to go somewhere, anywhere else? Well, okay, but here's the thing, is that, you know, they got to stay competitive in the ACC, right? And you look at what Duke has done this year. You know, they've got four massive guns up front. Yeah, they had to keep. They had a. They had to keep pace. Yeah. Well, James Kestiser as well um, joining up there, so that's going to be a, a pretty vaunted coaching staff, and we'll see what kind of recruitment they can get done. As uh, that, you can probably hear that beeping right there, Evan. That's Hall of Fame goaltender Rick Mang calling my phone right now. I have no idea why, but I'm not going to answer. I'm going to keep going here on the podcast. So let's continue on with quick sticks. Uh, speaking of field lacrosse, why don't we stick on that theme? We don't normally talk a whole lot of field lacrosse here, Evan. But as we know now here, as we are now a part of the lacrosse flash, and I believe the flash might be doing a little business with the PLL here, hopefully in the future, as well, uh, and they're announcing today, and this has to do with us up here north of the border, that we're going to be able to watch on NBCSN here internationally, PLL across available for Canada. Hallelujah. I mean, last year you had to buy uh, Sportsnet World, which was what, about $25 a month just to watch the PLL. So we get a chance to look at it. The other course, the other announcement is they ever, you know, having a shortened season where they're only going to play four round robin games. Mm. Uh, everybody makes the playoffs. They're going to be done within what about three weeks? I mean, even less than three weeks. At least they're getting a season in. If, if they can get the testing done, if the stadiums will let them open. And they kind of had to do this because football season around the corner, some of these football stadiums they were going to play in just wouldn't be available. Yeah, well, it's, you know, they still got to get the approval. But, again, Mr. Rabel and, and company thinking outside the box and in ways around this pandemic to, to get their product in front of eyes. And first professional sports league to really come up with a contingency plan. I know NASCAR's got some things going on as well, but as far as, a, like, a contact sport goes – Right at the forefront there for the PLL and Paul Rabel. Uh, Dylan Waddock, Evan, uh, this is not a, a good story here. Acute T-cell leukemia, young lacrosse player from Ontario. GoFundMe page set up. I've retweeted this. I believe you did as well. Lax Class has as well. Just want to give a shout out to Dylan Waddock and his entire family for the fight that they are facing. And you got the whole lacrosse community in your corner, buddy. Hang in there. Uh, I, I, while we're on that topic, Evan, a big, massive thank you again out to the frontline workers, the essential workers who continue to, to fight the good fight and, and keep us safe, Evan, doing you know a lot of jobs that, that not everybody is cut out to do. And... 
man, what a grind for these people. And you just don't hear anything from them. They just go about their day and do their work. And it's just so impressive to kind of watch. You know, I'm kind of happy because I asked Tracy, who is working at the Royal University Hospital here in Saskatoon, how they actually go about doing this. And, you know, they go through temperature scans. Every patient goes through temperature scans and COVID testing before they even get admitted. Uh, There's no guests allowed. There's all kinds of protective equipment going on. So they've taken the measures, but, you know, it's still a little unnerving to, to realize you're around so many people and, you know, it could spread in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And, uh, yeah, they're they're starting to lighten things up here, and, and we talked about it in the open as well. But uh, hoping to get to, to get to see my dad. They're, they're talking about doing, like, outdoor distancing visits, but face-to-face, but still further apart, but outside, which – Apparently the virus doesn't transfer as well outdoors. So um, getting better here in British Columbia for sure, but still got to got to be real careful. A couple more things here on Quick Sticks before we get to under review. The Global Lax Summit. Have you seen this, Evan? It's coming up in about a week from now. And I've just been following along on Twitter a little bit. Fit like looks like 50 speakers over the course of like 10 days and, and a bunch of seminars going on, web seminar. This looks pretty interesting. A global lax summit, and lots of our friends uh, that have been on lacrosse classify going to make an appearance on the lax summit. It's unfortunate that the next two weeks of work for me are going to be absolutely insane. I won't have time, to, unfortunately, to take it in, but you know what? We're stuck at home, we can web broadcast this stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. I know my my buddy Jamie Monroe from uh, the Lacrosophy podcast always always does these sort of things as well. This looks like it's it's going next level. So it's people from all over box cross, field across, women's game, pro game, college game, international game. It's it looks pretty interesting. I am definitely going to be checking it out. The last one I got here is a. Massive shout out to the folks at the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame for their yeoman's work of getting Larry Wamper, God rest his soul, he and Stan Shillington, who is an absolute legend lacrosse writer and statistician here in British Columbia, without Stan Shillington and and Wamper, stats in, in Canadian summer lacrosse would not exist. Like they just wouldn't, and and they these guys have been doing it since like the 30s or something. So it's really impressive the the amount of data that these two have accumulated over the years, Evan. And and Stan's got just tons of articles uh, down memory lane. They are called with Stan Shillington, just fabulous lacrosse writer. Anyways, the C, uh, the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame has now digitized the Bible of lacrosse and more things to come. I am assured by the chairman, David Soule, that uh, a lot of good things to come to the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame as they kind of push their way into the digital era of the Hall of Fame. And it's taken quite some time to, to kind of get there, Evan, but they're really starting to push forward on this now. And instead of having to go on an old kind of rickety website and scroll through a PDF, you want to look up somebody now, it's boom. I haven't done this yet, and I can't believe I haven't done it yet. But if you want to go check it out, 
uh, this this might be the coolest uh, thing to to box lacrosse in a long, long time. The Bible of lacrosse is now digitized. Well, we're going to have to check up your uh, penalty minute yeah. uh, point ratio. Make sure they got those <laughs> correct. Uh, make sure they listed those correctly for sure. But but this is such an invaluable you know, a piece of information that gets lost. We think about the NLL. They lost all their data yeah. from prior to 2004, right? So it's trying to recover that and... You go to Graham Perro every time he says, well, from 2005 onwards, I can tell you what it is. I can't tell you the previous to that. Yeah. So this information, you can't recreate it. And the fact that it's there and, you know, that was one of the things when Whopper died was hopefully somebody can take care of this and keep it going. So luckily it's there. Lacrosse Hall of Fame is the keepers of the Bible, and and rightly so. So, uh, big shout out to them. I can't wait to kind of dive into that, and it just jogged my memory seeing it written in front of my face. I hadn't done that yet, so I'm all over that when we're done here. But we're not quite done in quarter three because now it's time to go under review. It's time for under review, presented by G Wilson Construction. Each week, Jake and Evan answer a listener's question or break down an unusual call that happened in a game. The challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter under review. Under review, brought to you by G. Wilson Construction. They're slowly starting to get their staff back up to full capacity, Evan. Uh, As I mentioned off the top, spent uh, a nice little day out uh, at at the Wilson's Lake House in in Mission. Uh, Physically distanced apart, of course, Evan uh, was responsible during, during that small visit, that small gathering that we took part in. Uh, but beautiful day out there. Those guys are doing well, and, and before long, construction business will be back up and booming. Get your resume in at gwilsonconstruction.com and start your co- career in construction soon. Under review, Evan, and uh, we we picked the brain of our, our group chat and uh, lacrosse superstar, member of the lacrosse flash. P. Greggy, Pat Gregoire came up with this one for under review this week. And I, well, he came up with a few. I decided to choose this one. And this one's been kicked around a little bit uh, on All Talk No Action just last week by Brendan Glasheen, who brought this up. And I thought it was an interesting topic and conversation to have. And that is the All Star game at the National Lacrosse League. And where has it gone? Should it return? And if it does, how should we do it? First off, I'm going to say this, in that I've pretty much tuned out almost every All-Star game. I tune into the skills competition the night before, so I'll watch the home run derby, right? I'll watch the dunk competition, the three-point competition, the NBA All-Star game. But most of these All-Star games I've tuned out because they it's not a real game. It's, there's no defense being played, guys fooling around, what have you. So there's a couple things I think that need to happen. One is that you do have to have a skills competition the night before and figure out what that's going to be. I mean, hardest shot, accuracy, uh, you know, some goaltender competitions and what have you. But the other thing I think that needs to happen is that if this is just going to be a nice pass around, everybody try their latest back behind the back or dunk shot or whatever, 
it's going to be seen through, right? And nobody's going to want to watch it. Here's what I've stated before. I'll state it again. Here's how you pull it off that this game is worthwhile to watch. And that is you put a bonus out there for the players on the winning team. Now, if there's money on the line, say it's, it doesn't have to be much, say it's a thousand or $2,000 of player. You win that game. Now all of a sudden you're going to play defense. You're going to play, you know, you're not going to sit there and try and pull stunts because you're going to try and score proper goals because now there's money on the line. And I think if that's done, then, you know, you're going to have a proper game. Now, the one difficulty I think is, is convincing GMs and head mm, well, coaches. I was just about to go there. What do you think the percentage of the 13 is about allowing their players to play in a game like that? Playing in an all-star game, a no-hitter, patty cake game is one thing. Guys running out and, and like you said, showing off. But if you're talking the top defenders in the game, the top O guys in the game, the top goalies in the game, and strapping it up and getting after it, in a, in a one-off situation with some cake on the line, I don't know how many GMs are signing up for that, Evan. Like, you know, well, are you going to want Graham Hosick and Mark Matthews uh, colliding in a, in, a, in a game that doesn't mean anything to your franchise? I don't know. Well, maybe let's put it this way. This is the time to try other things. And you know, the suggestion being maybe you try a three-on-three or a four-on-four game where there's less contact, right? I like that. But so that might be a way around it. Yeah. And I, and I, our star game is a selling point. Now, I definitely would not put it in Atlanta, which is where it was suggested. Yeah. You put it in Saskatchewan, put it in Colorado, Calgary, Vegas. Buffalo, where you're going to have people turn up. But there's the potential there, but you got to do it right. And, uh, yeah, I, I suggest maybe Vegas or even San Diego, uh, you know, ha- with an outdoor. Maybe maybe you find a way to get that outdoor game in now as the all-star game, Evan, in the sunshine down there in SoCal. Or you do it on the strip at MGM and the bright lights of Vegas as they get their their city fired back up after all this i i think there's a way to do it and and you're right i think yeah you make a weekend out of it the skills competition you have the greatest players in the league all in one location the the production and and the content that you can get out of that one weekend with all those guys in one location is limitless and I think you make this the showcase event for the league each year to really shine our spotlight on the best players in the league. But the, the key is, is when does it take place? You know what? Maybe it takes place before the season. Well, maybe it does. Or, and, and I think it was Devin that had this suggestion on Adna. Evan is may, maybe you do it like the NFL and maybe the, the two oh God, teams no. no listen <laughs> maybe the two teams that are in the final those players don't get to, to participate in the all-star game but you have a week in between the divisional finals and the final starting give those players a rest to get extra healthy put the all-star game in that weekend in between and then you get into the NLL finals no, no. I mean, if there's a there is an all star game. I really tune out the most. It's the Pro Bowl. <laughs> that is the but worst. That, that's not that that's one. not because of the time of the game, Evan. That's because it's football without hitting, and nobody wants to watch that. That's the reason you don't watch the Pro Bowl. It's not the time that it's at. 
So I I, but, I like the extra. Mind, guys are going to be playing CLA by that time. They're going to be yeah, tuning up for PLL. Listen, we're talking the all-star game at the National Lacrosse League. You give those guys in the finals an extra week to rest up and shine the spotlight on the rest of the best in the NLL the week before the finals start down there in Vegas or San Diego. And you're on to something. I'm telling you right now. All right, that is under review. That is quarter number three. So let's get to quarter number four and play some Who You Got. We're down to the final four in the greatest box lacrosse team of all time tournament, and it's next here on episode 79 of Lacrosse Classified. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Teddy Jenner, voice of the Colorado Mammoth. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. We're in the game one podcast at a time. Back on Lacrosse Classified, episode 79, no more breaks here on Lax Classes. We'll bring you home right now. And before we do, got to say thank you to Associated Labels and Packaging, of course, at AssociatedLP.com. At AssociatedLP as in Labels and Packaging. What do they do there at Associated Labels and Packaging? Well, labels and packages, of course. But they also focus on people, ethics, and quality. And of course, they are family-owned there by... Sean Ashworth and the gang uh, had a nice chat with them over the weekend. Some of my favorite people are the Ashworths and couldn't be busier down at Associated Labels and Packaging, which I love to hear. And I hope lots of lacrosse classified listeners are the reason why. Evan, time for who you got. Evan, who you got? Jake, who you got? 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 Sponsored by Stampede Tack and Western Wear, of course. Uh, but maybe you're just listening for the first time and didn't know that. But everyone at Stampede Tack and Western Wear would like to send out their best to all lacrosse classified listeners during these unprecedented times. Hope everybody is making it through the best they can with all their loved ones staying safe and healthy. We are missing lacrosse and hoping for the day to come when we all get to enjoy the game we love so much. Stay safe, lacrosse fans, and stay strong. From your friends, our friends, at Stampede Tack and Western Wear, don't forget, shopping online is still shopping local. EvanStampede.ca, LaxClass20, promo code, get 20% off. Why wouldn't you? Down to the final four we go, and two massive matchups here to punch their ticket to the final. Let's start on the left side of the bracket, Evan, and let's talk about the Oshawa Green Gales, who won seven Minto Cup championships in a row. Their path to the finals here, they got past the 88 Saints in round one. They got past the 45 Berards in game two. They got past the 87 Redmen in game three. And now into the final four, where they'll take on the 95 Chiefs. Their path to the final 11 was a tough one as well. They got past the 95 Wings, then the 97 Shamrocks, then the 99 Toronto Rock, and there sit the 95 Chiefs up against the 60s Green Gales. Evan, who you got? Well, there's who I think would win this game and who I think is going to win this, folks. 
Um, you're finally coming deal, around to my side of thinking here where you're going to pick with the fan, what you think okay. the fans are going to do. So I'm not, I, I, I'm going with base who I think would win this game. And the green gales have been fantastic at getting the vote out. I think they're probably going on to the final, but I still come back to the fact that you've got a junior team versus a senior team. And this wouldn't, I, I think this would be a lopsided. I think the chiefs would win. My vote goes to the chiefs. Okay. I'm taking the green gales just because I, I have a pretty strong feeling like you mentioned, Evan, their fan base has been exceptional the entire tournament here. And I think that streak continues. Haven't seen a whole lot coming from the Chiefs, but there they are. That just gives you an idea on how good of a team they actually were. So 95 Chiefs against the Green Gales. I'm taking Oshawa to win that one. Over to the right side of the bracket we go. And this game right here, Evan, I – oh, man, this is going to be a good one. 2000 2000 Toronto Rock up against this 2016 Rush. Who you got? This one's actually pretty easy for me. That rush defense was the best of all time. And uh, you're going to have a hard time getting around them. Offenses are relatively equal in this game, but it's that defense that puts it over. Easy pick for me, it's the rush. One thing we know is Derek Keenan is going to the final with either the Rock or the Rush. I know which team pays me a paycheck when – when the season's on <laughs> I'm taking their – I think the Rush win this game regardless of who pays me. But I think the Rush are winning this game. I think the Rush might win this whole thing. We shall see. But I'm taking Saskatchewan as well. Pretty predictable. Yeah, I mean, we got – there's a couple fan bases that are really pushing the vote. Maybe we'll see. The other two fan bases really pushed the vote the way they have this week and surprise us. Well, they better if they want a shot to win. And don't forget, once we are wrapped up this tournament, our next one will be the toughest lacrosse fighter or the best lacrosse fighter of all time. We'll have to work on the name a little bit. And Evan... We're going to have to find some video or something. Yeah, well... The best we can. Yeah, and we're going to, like, I know, like, a lot of our field, like, guys have already fought in each other. So we're going to try, like, when we make the bracket, we're going to have to think about that a little bit. Uh, we may have some rematches or maybe some first bouts or could be, like, I like I think Steve Priello and Andrew Suter have fought, like, over double-digit times. So I don't know. We'll figure it out as we go. But uh, the other thing I want to mention here before we get out of here on Lacrosse Classified is you need to – crown a champion of who you got you got the standings when the season came to an end evan we need to announce a winner and i think we need to do it next week oh we're not can't do it next week i mean uh, my work schedule is a little crazy but we'll do it the week after when that monday that we're taping the show i can actually sit down at okay. a computer and yeah, go. We'll get it done. Not go. next week, but the week after. You heard it from Evan Sheminar. We will crown when the season came to a finish. We've decided that whoever was in first place at that time, they are the most deserving of the Blundstone Prize Pack. You bet. Yeah, like I like a, it wasn't like a two or a three week sample, right? We're talking 12, 13 weeks here. So. Uh, well, more than that, or yeah. closer to 16, 17 well, weeks. Go. So it's a good sample size, and I think whoever was in first place at that time, they deserve. So that's what we're going to do, and then we will start our next tournament here. And hopefully by then, Evan, we have some semblance of lacrosse back. I'm hoping that that maybe 
We got some games. I don't know if fans are going to be able to watch games, but maybe <laughs> games will be played. I mean, I, I honestly think the NLL, we're going to see games next December, January. I I, I think that's where we're at. Yeah, no, I'm talking summer uh, lacrosse. Just any lacrosse. I mean, I mean, PLL, what they're honestly doing there is they are going to like they're flying guys out separately. They are, you know, as a group, they're keeping them isolated in a hotel together. Yeah. So the, the, literally if, if they all tested clean, there sh- hopefully shouldn't be any interaction that's going to cause a positive. It's still a slippery slope. If you ask me a little sketchy, but we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. Speaking of time, we're out of time here on the cross classified for episode 79. Big thank you to Tyson Geik. And Paul Day for stopping by the podcast. Of course, our sponsor, Stampede Tack and Western Wear, the Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, and G. Wilson Construction. Also, don't forget to use that promo code LAXCLASS20 for Stampede, Lacrosse Classified 20 for our friends at PVL if you want 20% off of the best supplements on the market as well. That's it. We're done for Evan Scheminauer. I've been, oh, don't forget, follow us on, I lied. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Lax Class on Twitter, at Lacrosse Classified Instagram. Evan is at Shemlax. I am at PXP for Sports. And we'll figure out all the podcast stuff here in the days to come. Thanks for sticking with us. Now we are done. For Evan Sheminar, I've been Jake Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe and stay healthy, everybody. <laughs>